Well, good morning, Porch Community. We're so glad that you're here with us today, especially if this is your first time tuning in with us. We are so glad that you're a part of the Porch Community Church online worship this morning. Um, very, very special welcome to you. And I know that we've had so many new people tuning in and watching. We've had friends from across this country and even in other parts of the world who have been a part of, of our time together. And it's just really good to, to have you with us. We would love to know that you're with us. So why don't you let us know if you're watching with us right now on Facebook Live. You can comment and let us know where you are and who you're watching with. And we just want to say hello to you. Um, before I get started with today's message, I, I want to point out something that I think is pretty cool. Um, I know that it, it really stinks that we can't be together. Um, I hear that. I, I feel that way as well. But I just want to tell you that on a very small scale, how I see God redeeming this time that, that we cannot be together. The room where I'm standing right now, our auditorium at the Porch Community Church, holds about 400 people. <clears throat> and uh, we usually have two services. And on Easter, we were actually going to have three services. And so a mathematician will tell you that that's uh, about 1,200 people, 1,200 possible people that could have gathered together on Easter Sunday to worship in this place on our campus. Um, but here's what's, uh, and so on Easter Sunday, we know that here's the deal, not 1,200, not even 2,400, double that, but over 4,500 devices, right? Phones, computers, iPads, smart TVs, all these things. With God's beautiful people, you on the other side of those devices participated in worship with us on Resurrection Sunday. Over 4,500. And when you think, when you stop and consider, like a lot of you right now, you're watching this with another person or a few other people. When you think about that number, how much it grows, let's just say this, that the, the mission of sharing the resurrected Jesus has never been more powerful and far-reaching as it is right now in this time. And so, is it disappointing we couldn't be together on Easter? Of course it was. But instead of you and I thinking about what we have missed or what we are missing... Let's remember the mission, right? And here's the mission. Our mission is to declare Jesus and the new life possible in him. And this is what we're doing. This is still being done. And, and actually, when you stop and think about it, it's being done in a greater way. So thank you for your faithfulness to tune in. Thank you for your faithfulness to, to share the, the opportunity for people to connect. Thank you for your faithfulness to support the ministries of the church so that we can make this available to you. Thank you for praying. And would you be praying even this morning and in the coming weeks, as long as we're doing this online thing, would you be praying for people to call on the name of Jesus for the very first time? Thousands of people are being reached, and we want them to call on the name of Jesus. So, um, I have been, I mean, I, I do this all the time, so it's not like it's a rarity, <laughs> but I've been very specifically praying. I've been very specifically seeking God about 
God, what do you want me to share? Like, as the lead pastor of the church, as I'm leading the staff and, and trying to shepherd people and lead people, what is it that you, what, is there a specific word? I don't want to miss it, God. Is there a word that you have for me to share with our people? Is there something that you really want to speak to them? God, I don't want to, I, I, please, I don't want to be deaf to this, Lord. I want to hear, I want to hear. And, and so I've been seeking this, and, and we, um, you know, we had a plan. We had a plan all the way through August for what we were going to do. We, we had it planned out. We had series planned out through August. That's just, that's how my brain works. Um, as a staff, that's how we were planning. And then suddenly, right, our worlds just get, come to a screeching halt. And, and the first couple of weeks, it was like, okay, God, let's talk. You know, yes, we're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about, you know, keeping, you know, having hope. Last week, Justin shared a great word from Habakkuk about, about in, being in the waiting and trusting God in that time. But during all those weeks of kind of like really responding to what was happening, I was like, okay, God, is there a specific word? Is there something that you need for us to hear? And at first, all I heard from him was, wait. Justin preached about that last week. Wait, excuse me? Wait. But God, I, I, I just want to know your plan because, see, I want to plan with your plan. I want to take your plan and I want to do some plans. And wait so for several weeks it was just wait and then during holy week right in between palm sunday and easter is when i feel like he he finally showed it to me and revealed it to me and and i want to share that with you this morning i want to share with you what i feel god has shown me in a very specific way to give to you to offer to you for you to take and consider and to look at scripture and to pray about this on your own and to see if this word is for you. Now, if you're a, a note taker, I'd suggest that you write down what, this, what I'm about to say. And actually, if you're not a note taker, I think this would be a great time to write this down because it, it's good not because I'm the one telling it to you. It's good because God has, has shared it and, and I think it's really important. Because see, I believe that God, in this time, when we have wondered, when we have asked, when we have pondered, when we have wondered what is the purpose of all of this, all of this that's going on, what is the purpose of this? I don't know exactly, none of us do, but God can always work in any circumstance, any. If you agree with that, you can say amen right now where you are. God can work in any circumstance. And I believe he has shown me that one of the purposes, because I'm certainly not saying this is the only one, but I, I believe he has shown me that one of the purposes for this time of sheltering in place, this time of distancing, this time of slowing down is this. This time can be used for you and I to know that our idolatry can be revealed. That the purpose for this time is for our idolatry to be revealed. Now, what do I mean by idolatry? Because probably like you, I don't have the urge to, to bow down to some metal object or some wooden statue that somebody carved. I don't, I don't have that. The idea of chanting or, or dancing around a, a, a six-armed deity or a, a pot-bellied statue doesn't, doesn't interest me. But that doesn't mean that any of us are immune to idolatry. 
See, the, the, the idols that trip me up aren't tangible figures of supposed, you know, gods and goddesses. No, the idols that trip me up are ideas and beliefs and feelings that can, if left unchecked, crowd out my worship of the one true God. And so if you don't think idolatry is a big deal, well, I just want to tell you that it's been a big deal since forever. Believe it or not, the the most common warning about sin in Scripture does not deal with lying or or deceit. The, The most common warning about sin in Scripture does not deal with gossip. It does not deal with adultery. It doesn't deal with stealing. The most common warning about sin in Scripture doesn't deal with even murder. The most common Scripture. The most common sin in all of Scripture that we're told to avoid, that we're told to reject, that we're told to move away from is idolatry. And our key Scripture for today is found in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. It says this. God is speaking to Moses, and he says this. This is the the theme, the title of today's message. is you shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. The first of the Ten Commandments. This is given by God to Moses as Moses is leading God's people out of bondage, out of slavery, out of an empty life with no purpose towards a great promise. And God says to Moses, the first commandment is you will have no other gods before me. No other gods. And we read this in the Old Testament and we, and we look at the, the situation and go okay it's God and Moses and Moses is leading the people and they're getting started so of course yeah yeah no other gods Moses don't have other gods Israelites don't have other gods we won't have other gods but obviously it's not that easy right because it, the Bible wouldn't be full of warnings against it after Exodus chapter 20 if it wasn't such a problem and so what, what I would say to, to you is that during this historical time when our lives have been so drastically affected, let's allow our idolatry to be revealed. How have you responded to the circumstances of COVID-19? How, how have you responded, right? How have you responded to this pandemic? Has it, has it brought, uh, you know, things that, that have been temporarily removed? Has it, has it, um, has it caused you a lot of, of heartache? Has it caused you stress? Has it caused you anxiety? I'm going to tell you there's a, there's a real chance that there's a, it can reveal the depth of your idolatry, based on what has occurred when everything came to a screeching halt in our world. Maybe you're not used to calling it adultery, right? Because who who does? Like, we don't use that word a lot. Maybe instead of idolatry, 
Did I just say adultery? I meant to say idolatry. <laughs> Let's stick to idolatry today, okay? So, so maybe you're not used to calling it idolatry, but maybe instead of idolatry, we call it, how about this? Your routine. Your routine. And yet it's become like an idol, like your routine, what you do every day, day in and day out, has become an idol because when that routine got messed up, oh, watch out. Some people got really quirky really quick. Things got a little wonky. They got a little sideways because our routine was suddenly changed. Maybe it's your schedule, right? Maybe, maybe you don't call it idolatry, but maybe it's called your career. Maybe it's called your role in the company, in the business, and the position you have, and the decisions you make on the regular, and the way people depend on you, and suddenly it's not there. Has that revealed a form of idolatry because you've allowed that to become greater? and you've worshipped it, that it's become all focused on that. Everything's on that instead of on God. Maybe it's, you know, you don't call it idolatry. Maybe you call it what I just can't do without. I just can't live without it. I mean, I think about how if anyone had, had told us just, just a, a month and a half ago that pro sports would be canceled right if people told us that would be going on that 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 olympics would be moved and and that entire sports franchises would be like shut down right if 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 we were told that that we weren't going to have spring ball if we were told that we we're going to have all this that we're so used to and recitals and concerts and graduations and banquets and award ceremonies and travel like vacations if we had told those were going to be removed from us we would not have believed it and yet I wonder for how many of us those things have been removed and, and it's shown possibly an ugly side to us. Maybe not ugly side, maybe not very spiritual side to us. Has it revealed our idolatry? In Isaiah chapter 44, and I encourage you to go and read the, the whole chapter later, I'm going to share with you some snippets out of out of Isaiah 44 because what it does it's the prophet Isaiah is writing it and it, all he talks about is just the futility of worshiping an idol like just how dumb it is to worship an idol and that if we were just to step back and and examine it we would we would see how dumb it is and Isaiah 44 starting in verse 6 is where I want to read it says this it says, this is what the Lord says, Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord of heaven's armies. Now remember what Exodus 23 said, our, our key verse, you shall have no other gods before me, right? Okay, you can almost hear this echoed here. This is what the Lord says, Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord of heaven's army, armies. I am the first and the last. See, God's declaring who he is. There is no other God. Who is like me? It's, I love this. It's like he's speaking to, through the prophet saying like, who, who thinks they're like me? Let him step forward and prove to you his power. Let him do as I have done since ancient times when I established a people and explained its future. God's saying, I am God. There is no other God. 
There is no other God. Verse 9. He says, how foolish, talking about idolatry here, how foolish are those who manufacture idols, like who make them. These prized objects are really worthless. The people who worship idols don't know this, so they are all put to shame. Who, he asks the question, who but a fool would make his own God an idol that cannot help him one bit? See, he's, he's putting this out here. It's like, it's so dumb for us to worship idols. Verse 18 <laughs> says this, such stupidity and ignorance. He's talking about the people that make their own idols. Their eyes are closed and they cannot see. Their minds are shut and they cannot think. The person who made the idol never stops to reflect why it's just a block of wood. I burned half of it for heat and I used it to bake my bread and roast my meat. How can the rest of it be a God? Should I bow down to worship a piece of wood? The poor deluded fool feeds on ashes. He trusts something that can't help him at all. Yet he cannot bring himself to ask, is this idol that I'm holding in my hand a lie? He trusts something that can't help him at all. Yet he cannot bring himself to ask, is this idol that I'm holding in my hand a lie? Is this a lie? That's the question. Is, is what I thought was the most important thing prior to the world stopping, is it actually a lie? Is my routine a lie? Is my role in the company a lie? Is how people depend on me a lie? Is how I thought I was, I was you know, in, in charge of everything and how, how everything was working perfectly and I'd set it up as an idol? Is it a lie? Prior to this pandemic, for many, many people, maybe even some of you watching right now, Perhaps your relationship with God hmm, has been primarily defined by being in a corporate worship gathering. And that's all. Or maybe, maybe meeting in a community group. And that has been your relationship with God. Corporate worship and maybe meeting with some other people. And the absence of corporate worship and the absence of a community group has brought to you frustration. It has brought to you some heartache and maybe even some really deep regret in missing these things. Could this be an idol? Now, I have to say this. There is a huge difference, huge difference between longing for something good that we don't have for a time and idolatry. Huge difference. And honestly, only the Holy Spirit of God can reveal to you the difference, right? Only the Holy Spirit of God can reveal to you if, if something has been set up higher than your worship of God. 
I'm not even going to try to do that. But I will say that any wise, Jesus-seeking person should consider Isaiah 44. And the first commandment found in Exodus 20, you shall have no other gods before me. And it's foolishness to, to worship something that, that we can create on our own. Is idolatry real in your life? Here's how you find out. Right? Here's how you find out. This is where you bring this to God and you say, Holy Spirit, would you show me this? Would you work in my life? Would you reveal these things? And it's found in Scripture. Here's some, some action steps for you and for me to apply, to ask ourselves, is there some idolatry that needs to be revealed? And it's found in, I, in Psalm chapter 139. Psalm 139 it's a fairly familiar prayer, and it begins here in verse 23, and it says this, Search me, O God. Search me. Is there idolatry there? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. Do you see the three action steps there? Do you see them? First one, search me, God. Search me. That's surrender, folks. That is saying, whatever I was hiding from you, God, I'm not hiding anymore. Search me, oh God. That's being real with God. You want to know if there's idolatry in your life? Search me, oh God. And then the second action step. God, will you point out what offends you? Boy, that's being so vulnerable. That's being teachable. That's being willing to, to feel conviction instead of just stuffing it down and ignoring it. Search me, oh God. Point out anything in me that offends you. And then the third action step, he says, lead me. Lead me. And that's a step I think we, we can often overlook. God, lead me. God, show me the futility of my ways. Show me where I've created my own gods, where I've put things and circumstances and situations and responsibilities and, and my hopes and, and, my, and my job and whatever. Show me what I've put above you. Search me, oh God. Show me what offends you. And then God, lead me. Lead me. along the path of everlasting life. I read something, um, I don't know, a week ago or so, I don't know, and I wish I could attribute it to whomever wrote it. I, I, sh I should have written it down then, but, but the gist of what I read, it was just one of those like, you know, meme image things, you know. And I said this, in the rush to return to normal which is where a lot of us are. We're ready to return to normal, right? In the rush to return to normal, use this precious time, and folks, I do mean precious. Use this precious time to consider which parts of normal are worth going back to. 
And as I read that, it just, it sat with me. And then, and then I started, you know, reading in Isaiah 44, and then in, in Exodus 20, and I thought, okay, yeah, this is, this is true. And so I, I want to add on to it. And so what I would say is, folks, in this rush to return to normal, use this precious time, and it is precious, to consider which parts of normal are worth going back to and which parts we should tear down and never return to in the same way again because they were idols and they're worthless. See, our God says to us, I am God. There is no other God. Don't try to have any other gods but me. And so I pray that during this time, Porch Community, that most likely we will never experience this moment, this season in our lifetimes. Let's use this time to say, God, would you, would you search me? Would you point out things that offend you? And God, would you lead me on a path to everlasting life? And that path to everlasting life comes through Jesus Christ. That's why we celebrated Easter two weeks ago. Because of Jesus. He's alive. And he promises life in us. He offers to us new life. Where, where our life was dead, where we were lost, where we had the idols, whether we re realized it or not, where we were putting so many things before God, Jesus came along and said, I want to take that sin, I want to take that darkness, I want to take where you're lost, and I want to bring you life. I want to I I pour into you possibility and promise and hope like you've never thought was possible before. This is what Jesus does. This is when we say, God, lead me. This is what we're talking about being led into. is a brand new life in Jesus Christ. Our God said in Exodus 20, verse 3, You shall have no other gods before me. And I pray, porch community, that that can be true today in the hearts of each and every one of us. Would you pray with me? God, would you search us? You already know our heart, but it is in our surrender, our uh, coming out of hiding and saying, here I am, God. Search. I, I surrender to you, God. Lord, would you test me? Would you, would you know our anxious thoughts, God? Would you point out, even as, as, as uncomfortable as it may be, would you point out anything in us that offends you? Why? So that we can feel bad? No, no, no. So that we can bring them before you. We can lay them at the altar. We can say, God, would you take these things? Would you have this? Would you have this? Would you, would you take what I have put before you? Because, God, I want to worship you and you alone. And whether that worship happens in a, in a living room or in a car or, you know, through our AirPods, it doesn't matter. An auditorium. God, I just want to worship you. 
God, I pray that's the desire of our heart today. And Lord, if there's anyone who is tuning in right now, watching right now, and they have, they've, they've heard this, and, and they're listening, and they're thinking about maybe the things they've put ahead of you, and, and they've never called out to you, God, I pray that today could be the day that they say, God, I believe in your son, Jesus. I understand futility. I understand spinning my wheels and just continuing to be in a life, a, a rut of darkness and, and, and mistakes and, and, and no hope. And I need Jesus. And I understand that he gave his life for mine, that he paid for my sins. He paid my debt so that I might have new life. And because he is resurrected, I want to be re resurrected thank you for Jesus God we love you we thank you that you are constantly pursuing us and desiring us for us to, to be in your presence and to commit ourselves to you to turn back to you and I pray that is true today we pray all this in the mighty wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed some form of that prayer and you gave your life to Christ for the first time, we want to celebrate that with you. You can let us know in the comments below. You can, um, through our website, you can go to contact. You can contact us. You can use the connection card. But we want to celebrate that with you. We want to pray with you. We want to walk alongside of you on this journey of faith that you are on. So please let us know. That's why we're here. This is the whole reason we're here, is to share the message of Jesus Christ. And we want to celebrate when people give their lives to him. Porch community, we love you. Uh, looking forward to the remaining time of worship we're about to have together. And I'm really excited about seeing you next week for our drive-in uh, worship at 11 o'clock right here on our campus. Uh, we'll see you then. Love you in Porch community. Bye.